1: Of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy, there is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head.
0: Cheers! Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. Of course, you might not be back. This might be your first time. And if it's the first time, welcome to the show. I hope you like it. Uh, Let's see. Nothing too crazy at the moment, but I have to do a little flip-flop from what I normally do. Lately, I've had a bunch of people uh, that I've ran into in, in, not a bunch, but a handful of people that I've ran into in real life and in email and a few other places where I'm always curious when when they find the show for the first time where they found it. And it used to be that most people found it through Instagram, which is the social channel I've talked about that I'm on and enjoy the most. So that makes a lot of sense. But lately, I've had a lot of people say they found it through other means or through telling friends or something. And I think that's the most powerful thing out there is when you tell your friend, hey, listen to this show. I think you're really going to like it as your friend. I uh, I know you, and I'm giving you a little present by telling you about this show. So give your friends a present. Tell them about the show if you haven't already. Just, uh, you know, send them a text. Be like, check this episode out if this one does it for you. Or check the last episode out. Whatever. Just, just share it with one person. That helps out so much more than you could possibly imagine. It, uh, it's just good for everybody involved. Good for the show good for your friend, and good for you, because you did a nice thing, so, uh, but seriously, um, sharing helps a ton, and so, for everyone that's done that, thank you very much, really, really appreciate that, and speaking of Instagram, if you are not following the show on Instagram, it's at the Tone Mob, and I'm posting nonstop gear stuff, I mean, I post some other things too, but it's always pedals, I'm doing a lot of videos for IGTV, so if that's your thing, you want to hear some of the sounds, the the weird stuff that I'm creating. I've been doing a lot of stop-motion things. So Instagram is where I put most of the content that I create, minus this podcast, obviously. So if that's your thing, uh, check it out there. And yeah, without further ado, we'll get into this episode with Mr. Tommy Mars. Uh, if you don't know who he is, check out his podcast called Sound Vapors. He's also... Uh, Part of, obviously, the Tommy Mars Band, and he explains all that stuff. He's a really cool guy, he's fun to talk to, his show's a lot of fun, and he talks to some really high-profile, interesting people on there. So, you slide over and check that out if you're into guitar and music-based podcasting, which you probably are. So, anyway, without further ado, here's Mr. Tommy Mars. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host Blake Weiland, and with me today I have Tommy Mars. How's it going, man?
1: Good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh yeah. Glad to do it. This is a uh, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for thanks for getting in touch and and everything. This should be a this should be a fun episode.
1: Heck yeah. I want to talk about some guitar, some guitar tone. Love
0: oh. it. Guitars, I don't, we don't talk about that on this show. We mostly talk about oh, our food preferences. So this nice. is going to be a little bit of a different thing than maybe you signed up for.
1: Well, salad. I like salads. So <laughs> that's good.
0: <laughs> Boy, this is the wrong podcast for you then, if it's all about salad. Sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> no. Um, no, well, maybe we could just jump right into everything, uh, give everybody, you know, what's your, what's your musical backstory? How did you get here? And then we can get into gear stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm, you know, it's weird. It, it's almost a, it's kind of an annoying thing I have. So I have the Tommy Mars stuff. So that's like, I would say my singer songwriter, I have like a, I have a pop thing. I like pop music, you know, but like the Tommy Mars band is that's the rock stuff. That's the dirty stuff, you know, like the. I'm a grunge kid, man. I love, I love grunge rock and roll and, uh, that's more of that stuff. But when I say annoying, it's, it's a little annoying just that, um, I don't know. I kind of wish it was a different name because I think people get confused. So I have, you know, people that are listening to music on the Tommy Mars, Spotify, and then there's the Tommy Mars band, Spotify, and they get a message like, wait, what is this? So, ah, gotcha. yeah, Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's a weird thing, but, um, Anyhow, so how that basically started was I, I was in a band, um, and then uh, with these two other guys, Brian and Jason, and uh, the, the other guy that was in it, he, you know, we we all we split ways, and so the three of us said, "Hey, let's carry on," and we started uh, another band called Go to Zero, and uh, you know we wanted to rename it and kind of just refocus our energy on doing like alternative rock because the other one was kind of bluesy. So then I had a buddy that played guitar and I really wanted to make it a four piece because I kind of wanted to try to do like the front guy thing. You know, I love playing guitar, but I kind of wanted to try that and see, see if I could do it. Mm -hmm. So, so we did, you know, we formed the band and then around here from Detroit and, um, you know, just around the city, things kind of started to happen. That, that buzz, you know, that, that sort of thing started to happen. We started playing shows and then all of a sudden people were lined up outside, outside the door the local radio stations kind of got involved, started playing our tracks, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was kind of a, a really exciting. And then um, I don't know about, I don't even know the years, man. It was like four or five years later, I got this bug. Hey, I want to record, uh, and not a solo record because that sounds so like douchey, but I want to record some other stuff that's not like rock and roll music. I want to do kind of some poppy singer-songwriter type stuff. And I was really getting into John Mayer r- right about that time. So I was like, okay, so Jason, uh, m- my drummer, Uh, I was like, hey, let's uh, let's let's focus and let's let's do this kind of singer songwriter poppy thing. And he was totally on board. So we're recording and doing this weird stuff or whatever. And then something weird happened. So the last day that was supposed to be the last day of recording in the studio, I was already there. And Jason walks in and I have like all the mics set up and everything. And he's kind of like, what's going on, dude? And I'm like, I, I want to I do a cover song for the record, for the the solo record. And he was like, okay. And I, I told him it's going to be Faith by George Michael. And he was like, really? Like, wh- I didn't even know you liked George Michael. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm actually a big fan. I think he's got a great voice. So that day we recorded, you know, we tried some, I don't know, what I thought was weird stuff. You know, we're, um, it was actually Jason's idea to, to mic some stairs that were in the studio. And we did some stomps and all this kind of stuff. Because I want to make it like, the same but different type of deal. Mm-hmm. So I recorded it that day. Yeah. And it, I thought it turned out pretty good. So, long story long, we, uh, I was like, hey, this is, seems like it might be one of the better songs on this this solo record. So let's shoot a video for it. Called up a friend of mine, said, hey, do you want to be in the video? And it was just kind of off the cuff stuff. So we, we put it together, put it out. And then George Michael, he retweeted it to his followers.
0: Oh, nice. He was like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I was like, what? This is insane because it was one of those things where the views were happening. I, and I didn't know at first. It was like, you know, overnight it was like 20,000, then 25 to 30,000. I'm like, what? I I am not that popular. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> like it should be 300, you know. And uh so anyhow, so this girl I know, she sends me a text and she's like, "Oh my god, Tommy. She's like, George Michael retweeted your video or tweeted, not that retweeted because I didn't tag him. He tweeted the video out to his followers." And I was like, "Oh my gosh." So that kind of started that whole thing. And then I don't know, like sometimes this happens in this business. It's funny. I feel like we made two really great, you know, really just like, just good rock music, rock albums and stuff. And it was, it did well locally, but you know, maybe on a little regional basis, you can play some shows outside of your home home base, but all of a sudden this video kind of gets out there and then, you know, then this other stuff starts to happen where, you know, you get placements on TV shows, you know, and, and, you know, sync placements are, are a really good thing for an artist up and coming because it, it gives you a little bit of income and a little bit of uh, exposure and stuff. And so that that's funny. It's,
0: sorry to interrupt. It's funny. I just I just heard that term for the first time today, which is strange for how long I've you know known about you know certain aspects of the music business. But I'm guessing if I just heard it for the first time, some of my listeners probably don't know what that means either. Could you uh, oh. it, elaborate? I actually heard it on, uh, heard the Black Keys talking about it on Rogan is why, why I heard oh, it, nice. but, um, so anyway, could you, maybe you could elaborate on what that means. What's sync music.
1: Okay. So like when you license your music and they, it's, um, they get like what they call like a, a, a synchronization license and they put it to, they basically put your music on a show. So there'll be. Sometimes it's really easy. They'll take a snippet of your song and they'll put it in the background of something that's happening in the TV show. Sometimes uh, like for instance, what happened with me was that that started to happen with faith, but all of a sudden the other thing was, do you have anything else? And I be honest, I can't remember the name. I should have looked this up, but there's something and I can't remember the name, but it's where you go in from a commercial and out to a commercial and they're like, Oh, can you take this other song you have only human and make these I can't think of the name, make these things for it. And I was like, yeah, no problem. So mm-hmm. they use those for like some of the MTV stuff when they went to commercial or out. And it's like really not my music. It's really just beats. So there's my voice is not on it at all. So you wouldn't even know it was me, but yeah, I, that was my stuff doing that. Gotcha. And so, yeah. So when you do that, uh, there's other things that come along with that. So for instance, um, I had a couple of songs there, they there, they used them on a couple episodes of for Carson Daly. Right. So there was like, you know, when they're going out of commercial, sometimes they're coming in and then they use them for like background stuff. So they might be talking to an artist and like, you know, one a song is playing in the background, that kind of stuff. Sync for that is so important because every time it gets reran, I get it, I get a check. You know Uh what I mean? I gotcha. Gotcha. money. It's kind of a neat thing when all the, you kind of put that net out there and you hopefully you get, you know, five, six, seven sync placements. And then, you know, it's kind of just, You know, well, you have people getting that money for you. It's not like I don't go out there and search for it. Like there's, you know, you join BMI or ASCAP or something like that. Or, you know, song like I use song trust and, you know, they're diligent about going out there and make sure you're getting all the royalties that you deserve.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: I hope that answers the question. I don't know. I I think so.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's pretty clear. It's basically it's basically music. You you let people use your music for certain limited things, basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. Sorry to derail that train. I just knew there was probably a couple people sitting there going, I don't know what that means, because that's what I was doing yeah. earlier and had to look it up.
1: <laughs> so. Hey, that's cool. The Joe Rogan that you mentioned that. Oh, so I haven't listened or watched to that episode on the Rogan show with Black Keys, but uh man, I've been kind of binging on his stuff. Uh, the James Hetfield one was. Uh, did you see that one?
0: I did when not. James Is that Hetfield? pretty
1: recent? Actually, I think it's a couple years ago. So I'm like way, way. Okay, it's awesome.
0: I didn't ever. I never. I don't really uh, dive into his back catalog. He just puts out so many podcasts that when I just see a name that I like, I'm like, ah, that one. That'll do for today. You know. So I don't. I don't catch them all. But of course, I seen Black Keys and I was like, well, I'm gonna listen to anything with Dan and Patrick talking about stuff. Like big fans. So yeah, Uh, for sure. Anyway, so you started getting some sync placements, and then what? Then uh, then what? I derailed the story from there.
1: Oh, um, you know, it was one of those things where, okay, yeah. So the truth is, so we, I, I had like the Facebook page and you know the Twitter page and all this stuff, and it was, okay. So we we're at, I, I'm not at a crossroads. I didn't think it's a crossroads. but well, anyhow, so it was like Go to Zero had been around a while, and sometimes when you don't really make it fully, you don't make it big. Sometimes it's best just to change the name. It's like, you ever watch The Wire? You ever see The Wire? Oh yeah. Okay. So there's a part I think it's season 2 where Stringer Bell is talking about changing the name from WorldCom and you know all those things I, and whatever they had there uh WMD and you know all the other uh <laughs> the other yeah. names they called their product but uh I know this is way stretch here but sometimes it's best to just kind of rename something and then come back fresh and strong and I felt like go to zero I felt like it was very early 2000s of of type of a name okay so if you make it really big like you know, Green Day is Green Day because it's, you know, it's Green Day. They're supposed to be big. But you probably wouldn't name a band Green Day today. It doesn't, in today's music landscape, it just doesn't seem like that would be like a new band coming out. So right. how I felt was, go, yeah, so Go To Zero was like, I felt like it kind of been aged and and we did what we had to do. So the Tommy Mars stuff, I felt like was getting some heat and it was kind of going somewhere. And the Facebook page was getting kind of busy. I mean, we were getting more than ever thought thousands of people were following the page and it was just kind of organically and people were sharing faith, you know, the video and stuff. And so that time comes where I did the singer songwriter thing and it was awesome. I love doing the pop songs, but I was ready to rock. I was ready. I was like, okay, dude, I'm ready to write some killer rock songs and I have these ideas. So now it's, you know, it's time to decide, are we going to do it? A go to zero album. So around this time, Brian, who started go to zero with us. Um, you know, he was kind of transitioning out of being in rock and roll type of deal and he's tremendous bass player. So then, so all these things are kind of happening. And so Jason and Chris, uh, and so Chris was playing guitar with, with me and go to zero and Jason's a drummer. And we kind of just got together, three of us. And I was like, Chris, man, do you want to move the bass and we'll do the trio thing? You know, Nirvana, the police, you know, some of my favorite, favorite trios, you know, silver chair. And, um, he was about it. He was like, oh yeah, that's, that's killer, man. That'll be awesome. And I know he could handle the bass cause he's a really good guitar player. Right. So, um, and you know, for me, I was like, I didn't really want to play the bass and I like to jump on stage and jump and maybe jump off an amp or something. You know what I mean? I just didn't want to do that with the bass. I want to do it with guitar, you know, Jimmy Page, man, what the hell? Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix, you know, like I want to be that guy. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so here's the ideas for songs. They love the ideas. And so I said, like, okay, we're going to, We're going to do it as a three piece. So I was like the name, should we keep it, go to zero. And so both of them were like, no, I think we should, we should call it Tommy Mars band. And I was, so I kind of voted against it. I was like, I just feel like, I think I used the word douche earlier. I felt like douchey man. Like, no, like, I don't want to call it Tommy Mars band. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. not like, uh, not John Mayer. I'm not, uh, you know, one of these guys that names a band after it just, it just didn't feel right. So we talked about, wow, this was weeks. We kind of going back and forth and now we're kind of really developing these, these songs. And, um, I don't know, the page was really busy. The Twitter started, the Twitter, um, account started to get a lot of followers or whatever. So it was like, all right, uh, I think you guys are right. I think there's a lot of heat on the Tommy Mars thing. So let's just, let's do it. Let's just call it that. And we'll just rebrand it that way and, and go forward. And so we did. And, um, I think it was 2015, Yes, 2015, we put out "Bringing Alpha," and it was just a really rock. It was it was just a rock album, and I, I don't even know what to classify. Some some people say, you know, it's I always have those grunge influences, so I you know I love Alice in Chains and, and Pearl Jam, you know, Stone Temple Pilots. So of course, it's going to have some of that in there. But I felt like it kind of had some of the new stuff, like the newer Foo Fighters type stuff. What it didn't have though, is like you mentioned black keys. It didn't have that kind of sound, which I love that sound, but it didn't have that kind of new rock sound. It still was that post grunge rock.
0: Right? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that happened. And then, um, you know, I, I, uh, I signed up with, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, I got a management company and they were, you know, really making things and taking really good care of me and, um, making sure, you know, again, with sync placements and all that. Now they're kind of like really kind of handling all that stuff. And then, you know, the, Next thing you know, the pages they get verified and social media, and it sucks. That's the way our world is, uh, because it's kind of a joke to be honest with you. That that's that's kind of how it is, but it really holds a lot of water in that realm in social media. You know, having those pages, um, a lot of people they kind of follow you because they're thinking, "Oh, this guy is, uh, or this band is, they're verified. They got a blue check mark. They must be important." You know, that type of thing, which is. I don't really buy into all that stuff, but I know that's the kind of the way the, the social media world works, right? Yes, I've and, been trying
0: to get a blue check. They they think I'm a fake person, I guess. They
1: don't, oh, they don't, hey, they don't, uh, Instagram, Twitter, he is real. Let me I'm, tell you, man, he's real.
0: I'm an actual human. I'm not, yes, <laughs> I exist.
1: With a killer show. Yeah, and you have a killer show, man. Oh, oh thank you. I
0: yeah. appreciate that.
1: Yeah, we need to tweet at uh, Twitter support or something. But anyhow, so those things happen. And then it just kind of started getting bigger, you know, and, and then, you know, in between all this, uh, you know, playing shows and, um, playing shows with cool bands and big bands and some of them are one-off shows. Some of them are little tours. Some of them are festivals, you know, all these kind of things. And it just, you know, you start to make friends and then, you know, I mean, it, next thing you know, is like, okay, I'm going to write another album. You know what I mean? Right. I'm gonna right. start writing. And, yeah. And, um, It's kind of, it's weird because I feel like right now, I feel like I'm, I feel like an old man. Okay. That's what I feel like. I feel like an old man, but (laughs) I do, I feel like this is like the biggest it's been and then it's been for us. And then the other side of that too is, um, I don't know how deep you want to go into like the the sound vapor thing, but that thing. No, I
0: I do want to talk about that. That was going to be my next line of question. So just go for it.
1: Oh, well, you know, that thing has just been growing and, and actually to be honest, that thing is spinning out of control. Like I didn't. I never really thought it would. And, and here's the, here's the honest God truth. Okay. So in 2017, uh, my dad passed. Okay. So it had a, like it would, I think of anybody, you know, you lose a parent. And let me just say this too, is I've had friends that lost parents and I'm, I was always like sympathetic and always sad, of course, especially when you know that you lose anybody, you just really feel that emotional, that emotional thing happens. But when you lose a parent, it's it's different. I, I just couldn't put into words. And I, I, I knew 110%. I knew how I was going to feel. I knew how I was going to handle it. I was wrong. 110%. Like I was so wrong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it was just, um, I had people tell me, and now I'm, I'm that guy trying to tell people, Oh, you don't understand, but you'll get it when you get it. You know, you can't, it's like a telling a child that they're making mistakes. They'll, they'll figure it out. You know what I mean? They're going to figure it out at some point. Um, anyway, so that, that event happened, and. Uh, I don't know that, that writing thing, the thing that happens to guys like us that write music, it just happened and it, mm-hmm. I didn't try to, it wasn't contrived. I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to write these songs about my day. It wasn't like that at all. It just kind of happened. I was having these emotional series of episodes, not episodes, because I, I didn't do anything uh, drastic or anything. I didn't, you know, I wouldn't self-loathe or, you know, I didn't get, have a drinking problem or it wasn't anything like that. I was just sad, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about those good times and bad times and I think luckily I was able to channel that into songs. And so Jason, um, like I mentioned, you know, he, he's a drummer, but he has this, uh, he has a really, really gift of a, of an ear. And so what I mean is he just hears harmonies and tone. It's weird. Cause he doesn't really play guitar or bass or anything like that. He doesn't really play instruments besides the drums, but he hears things that I've been around producers and musicians and all this stuff. They don't hear like the way Jason hears it. It's very, very odd that he does. So He kind of is, I would say he's my partner in crime when it comes to like getting the songs to where they need to go. Cause I'll come up with the base of it. I'll record like, I'll record like drum tracks. I'll record bass and guitar, get them all the, all these basic tracks. And he comes over and we kind of just finish them. You know what Mm -hmm. what I mean? And he helps me with these, yeah, these harmonies and anyhow, Jason came over over, and I was like, let's, let's go, let's get in the studio and I want to get this, start getting this stuff down. So we did, and I thought the songs came out really, really good. I just, I was really so happy with, I felt like it was a good tribute to them and stuff. And so we we covered a song uh, by STP, it was called Tumble in the Rough. And I didn't want to, I always wanted to do a Stone Temple Pilot song, but I didn't want to do, you know, I, I don't want to do Plush. I don't want to do "Tripping on a Hole, something that you just, people know. I wanted to do something that was, you, know, you knew the song, but it wasn't like a big hit. So I was like, let's do Tumble in the Rough, and let's do it kind of, trippy kind of poppy or, or not poppy is not the right word, but it's different, you know, different than how they did it. And I think that would kind of do with justice and it fits with the overall theme of this album. And so the album was called 71 trips around the sun because he was 71 when he passed. And it just, fit, it, it really fit into this, this um, sometimes agony, but elation, you know, all these kind of things. So it just really fit in there. And uh, one quick note I wanted to tell you about "Tumble in the Rough" was uh, if you ever get a chance to go listen to it, the solo I just want to say took longer than the whole song to, the whole song to record because I I wanted to play it backwards to put it forwards so I had to each note had to play it in reverse so we could turn it around so it would sound like a reverse thing but in the right key or the right notes does that make sense? Oh,
0: I think I'm following you. So you're like you're the playing the like. Where he would maybe I haven't I haven't literally paid much attention to that solo, so I'm not exactly sure what it sounds like, but maybe like where he would pull off, you would hammer on or something or I'm not really. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, so take the solo and then I had to like deconstruct it. I had to I wanted to start at the end of it. So play it. Oh,
0: gotcha. Gotcha. Okay,
1: yeah. Then reverse it. So it sounded like it was in reverse, but it's actually the correct notes. Yes. So that took hour i mean seriously it took longer to record that solo than it was a whole song and the funny thing is nobody notices nobody nobody cares nobody i, I don't <laughs> think anybody's there oh that solo i'm just like damn it i'm like would you listen to this this is cool but anyway that's a stupid side note um anyway so we recorded that we shot a video for it and the video same thing now stp didn't tweet it out but you know, put it out and like people responded to it. You know, I got a lot of messages for it and people were sharing it and that video did well on, on YouTube as well. And I just, I'm so thankful that people kind of, I don't, they just seem to get behind us. I don't really know why, but I, I'm just so thankful for it. Um, okay. So that whole long story goes to put out that record. So that came out in February of 18. So yeah, last year, Okay, uh, February of last year. Yeah. So around that time, uh, STP, they put out the new singer with Jeff Goop. Uh, th- th- it was like their, they, I think it was a self titled and they have, so they have their new singer after Chester passes, you know, Scott and Chester. And now Jeff is the lead singer. He put this record out and I listened to it and I'm like, wow, I expected something different from the way he, he sang on, I think it was America's got talent. I think that's where he's from. Um, so the way he sang on there, I thought was very, um, how do I say this? it's very vibrato ask. Like I thought it was too much and I really thought, I'm not going to like that fit in an STP, but got the record and I was like, Oh my gosh, it is not that at all. It's, it's great. It's so much. I think I went into it with a lower expectation where I was kind of, was kind of blown away. So I'm reading the reviews that are online or whatever. And this one guy, this one guy for this one magazine, I'm not even going to name names, but I know his name and the magazine's name. <laughs> he wrote this review and it was awful. It was off. I was like, I was literally reading it saying that, have you ever listened to Stone Temple Pilots? Do you know, do you know who they are? Do you know who Stone Stone Temple Pilots is? You know what I mean? That's how I felt when I was reading it. And he's like citing things where Jeff is trying to sound like Scott right here. And I'm just like, no, not at all. And it's like a different spot. So yeah, I was, I was kind of mad. So I was kind of telling my friends, whatever. And I had, I told my manager, I was like, Emily, I was like, I was just told her, I was just like pissed off that this guy wrote this, this whole article. He took the time to do it, but it was like, you don't have to like it. I'm not telling you to like it. I'm just saying as you're, you're reviewing it wrong. You're saying you're not, you're you're not listening to it. Right. You know what I mean? That's how I felt. So she's like, you should write your own review. I was like, yeah, I am going to write my review. And she goes, yeah, maybe we'll try to pitch it. You know, get you as a guest contributor or something to a a, a blog or a magazine or something. Mm -hmm. Like I am going to do it. So I wrote it and I sent it. was like wow that's really good so i sent it to my friends and they read it and they were just like wow like i didn't know you could write and i was like i'm not a writer i mean i write songs but i don't you know i mean commas are in the wrong place you know my punctuation (laughs) is like seriously third grade level here so i mean i went to detroit public schools man we it's it's i had long division like in like eighth grade or something there it was awful anyway so people were kind of saying it's 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 good or whatever so anyway, so there's a couple other records came out, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just, you know, kind of give this a a, a quick listen and, and write something about it. Anyway, so that all that whole thing kind of happened, and I was like, I should make a website, but I don't want to pay somebody to do it, and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna try to build this website. So I took like two or three weeks and just learned off of YouTube basically how to WordPress a web a website. So I did that. So I made the site and I published the couple reviews that I had. And you know, I have some contacts and you know, music or whatever. Look fortunate to have that. So I reached out to a couple and I was like, Hey, uh, you know, such and such is going on tour and they have a new record. Can you get them on the phone so I can talk to them about it and stuff? And it was just like, yeah, for sure. You know? So I did that. So I get like my, you know, interviews and it's, it's weird because when you start these things, like it's just like music, it's just like us. You start at the local level, you're playing shows at, you know, you know, whoop-ass Wednesdays, you know, that type of thing, you know, wherever, (laughs) how you start when you're like that band, you know, and then you move up to Thursdays and next thing, you know, you're playing a Saturday night show and, you know, and then hopefully you do well enough, you're drawing and then they put you on a national show and stuff. That's kind of like the, I would say trajectory of when you're like a local band starting out. So same thing with this kind of stuff. When you're blogging or on a website, I would say, yeah, I got some low hanging fruit in this city where I could go to these shows and talk to these bands. They would love to be on any kind of blog. It doesn't matter if I had two readers or three million readers. They just like to be on a blog. Of course they'd want to be on, you know, revolver or rolling stone, of course. But my first interview, first interview I had for the site was you know Doug from Hoobastank. You know, I'm like, it oh, was the very right. first thing I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm yep. like, kind of throw me in a fire, right? So yeah, that it, it went really it went very well. It was it was it was a great interview. So I did it and you know sent it out whatever and you know they put it out to their fans and you know people it just the, the page started to get follows and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, that was really weird. You know, they put it out, they think, you know, sound vapors, you know, and I was thinking of the name of it and I was like, sound vapors. I don't even know if that's cool or whatever, but it's kind of first thing I thought of, you know, sound vapor. Like we're, we're sound guys, right? So sound and then the vapor of it kind of just, uh, like dissipating is what mm-hmm. I was envisioning. But, yeah, um, I dig it. You know, you know how many vaping emails I get actually. Oh. It's <laughs> <kind of funny. laughs> yeah. All the time,
0: i dude. I, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, I never really thought about that, but yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I get oh, it. Oh, man.
1: I got, I got five distributors I could call right now if I wanted to open a store. Okay. <laughs> so, <they're, laughs> anyway, so, uh, that was like that, that happened. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of, this is kind of neat. And, anyways, it just started from there. And then all of a sudden it was like, you know, Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Rich Robinson. And then, you know, just, I don't know, just kind of blew up from there. So now it's, it's like kind of, kind of gone crazy. And so I, last year I was like, I should just do a podcast with it. Cause I enjoy talking to people. And I think people would like to hear what they have to say, hear the tone of their voice sometimes with these answers instead of just reading it. Yes. So like for me, um, I, I think one of the, one of the biggest moments I had doing this whole thing was with Stuart Copeland. Cause the police are like one, a, you know, one B for me, as far as like bands go all time favorites and getting Stuart on the phone and have him be so cool and so nice and so accommodating. People didn't really get to hear that. They, they read it, but they didn't get to hear. I think the joy in his voice talking about synchronicity and thinking about Mr. Danko and the song, the song that he wrote, they, they didn't really get to hear his voice tick up when he was excited talking about it. Yeah. Or like, or hear my voice when he's like, uh, he's, he tells me, he's like, Hey Tommy, I think I got, I, I had this box I was going through from the 83 tour and he goes, I think I found the original lyrics to Miss Gredenko, you know? And I was like, no way. So I was like, can you take a picture and, you know, send it to me or whatever? He's like, yeah, I can do that. I think if you were to hear my voice, I just said it calmly. I didn't, I wasn't calm when it when happened. <laughs> and, asked for energy, you know? and then he like texts me the, the picture of the the lyrics. And I was, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I didn't even want to touch my phone because I didn't want to delete it by accident. You know, like, yeah, hey, yeah. can you send it again? Yeah. So you know, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, I should do a podcast for this. Cause I'm really kind of getting to talk to some interesting, amazing artists. And so now this, so here we are now with sound vapors doing its thing. And I'm like truly, truly busy with it. Like it seems like every day and the email box is full every day. And I try to get to everything seriously. Bands keep sending the stuff in because to me, good music is good music. I don't even care if you're Lenny Kravitz or you're, I can't think of a dumb name, but you know, the the I don't know, the, the guitar cases. Jenny Yeah,
0: I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. If it's awesome, I want to talk about it and I want to tell people, I want to promote it. So there's this um, so there's this one publicist. She sent this is late last year. She sends me an email and I saw it, but I just I was just kind of crazy busy doing with the podcast. It was really kind of gearing up, so I was just killing them, you know, getting a lot of them out. She sends me a second follow up, and I'm like, okay, I gotta get to this. Don't know who the band is, never heard of them. She sends me a final, hey, I just want to follow up one one final time type of thing, you know that type of, and it wasn't, hey, how's it going? It was like, hey, man, I just want to follow up, you know. So I open, it, I'm like, dude, I got to get to this. It's around the holiday, so I'll have some time. So I I listen to the thing, man. I listen to it, and I'm blown blown away. It's not even the word. It's the it, oh my goodness. It's that's not a word. That's two words. Okay, it's not even the phrase, right? I get so, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I listen to it. And I listen to it again, and so now I'm I'm seriously I'm probably on the twentieth listen, and so like what I do is with the album is I always play Madden, Uh, but I play like two thousand it's like two thousand six because I can't stand the way that video games move so fast nowadays. So I have to play the old version because it's kind of like really awful and barbaric. Like the guy's arms don't move that type of stuff. So I play, (laughs) stupid. So I play I play Madden when I'm really locking in into an album. So this whole thing I must have played. Me, four hours if this. I just kept repeating this album over and over and over. So, at the end of the, the year, I wanted to do a best of top 10 list. And I wanted to be true. I, again, I don't want if it's a local band, I didn't even know who it was coming to find out. So, the band's name is Facing New York. I tell everybody is so sick of me talking about these guys because anytime somebody gets to my car, I'm like, dude, you got to hear this song. Like, like, yeah, I was with you last week. Like, they already heard the whole album because I say <laughs> one song. Yeah. Like, oh, well, listen to track three, you know. So, the guy that's the singer writer, you know, songwriter whatever. in it, um, he, he goes by Ricky Reed and Ricky Reed is an enormously huge producer. Huge. I mean, CeeLo green to Maroon five to 21 pilots. to I think sia I mean, he's just uh Megan trainer. He's, he's the man when it comes to like that, that kind of production. Mm-hmm. But this album was face New York. I didn't know, never heard of it. I didn't know it was him. So going, into, I have no idea who the band is. I don't know who's in it. So it wasn't, it was so true. It was so genuine where I fell in love with the album. So as I'm making the list, I had to put it number one and I actually got some crap on Twitter. Like, are you, you got to look a local no name band is number one, but I'm like, and I, I try not to argue on Twitter, especially with, you know, the way things are with social media. You can kind of oh, get yeah. crazy, but. feeding the trolls. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, here's some fire here. Have some. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want some, you want some gasoline on it? So they, um, some people were just like, I can't believe you have this as the number one album. And I'm like, I guess I say is, did you listen to it? So if you're a rock fan and you listen to it and you don't like it, it's okay, but at least listen to it and come at me with your own top five or top 10 list. Just don't say mine sucks. You know what I mean? Like I put the time in and I listened to every album that was on that top 10 list. So it, 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 that band for me turned, it's, I think it's one of those things I always say, I wear it almost like a badge of honor. Is It doesn't matter if it's Pearl Jam putting on a record or facing New York who I, who people, People still don't know who they are. I just want to be good music. So bands, if you're listening, you know, send send the albums. If if I can get to them all, I try to get to everything. But if I get to it and I like it, I'm going to put something behind it, definitely, because it doesn't matter if it's big or small. I just want to be great music. Yep. Sounds like a commercial.
0: Uh well, I mean that is the uh, that is the most important part, right? It just has to be yeah. has to be good. I mean, that's kind of you know, this sounds this sounds kind of weird, but you know, going back to that black keys episode I was talking about. So Dan said something or not Dan, excuse me. Patrick said something on there. Cause Patrick did most of the talking, uh, uh, mm. that really struck me as interesting that I never, never put two and two together before. So obviously those guys are big music, music fans. You know, they, you know, they're talking about Nirvana and Captain Beefheart and the Stooges mm. and, you know, all those influences. Nice. And then the, the, he's like, he's talking about, uh, some certain artists who have like millions and millions and millions of plays on streaming and you listen to them and you're just like, what? Like, huh? Yeah. Like why? And he's like, he's like, when I was a kid, I bought when like I bought vanilla ice and I was so stoked on that. And I listened to it over and over and over and over and over and over again. He's like, that's, who's listening to these artists It's just young kids who don't actually like, <laughs> like, he's not like belitt- belittling them, but he's just like, it's just kids who haven't had the depth of experience yet to know that, like, yeah. eh, this is kind of mediocre, you know? And I, I was like, oh, wow, I never really thought about it that way. Uh, it's like, that's, that's why some just... of these people have millions and billions of plays in it, and I just don't get it. I mean, part of it's because I'm old. There's that too. Oh, but
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with A, man. Brother, I am with you on that because I do sometimes I'll go and look, see that, like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait three million streams on this song. It sounds like it was recorded on their phone or whatever. And actually, yeah. What he says holds water because I think when I was younger, I, you know, actually the vanilla, I had the tape. So it was like, <laughs> it was like to the extreme and hooked. Right. So I had the cassette tape. So I did listen to it over and over, but yeah, man, when I got older, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Th- it, did, it, did, it definitely didn't mean as much as it did when i was that age listening to ice ice baby <laughs> exactly exactly so
0: <laughs> yeah i just thought it was a, a kind of an interesting note since we're kind of going on music uh, music industry speak a little bit you know it's just kind yeah. of a interesting thing but but talk about your podcast a little bit more so like what's the format of it like obviously it's interviews but it's it's different than this so can you kind of explain that for the listeners a little bit
1: yeah it's probably uh Honestly, it's yours okay. I've been listening to your your podcast and I like your structure. It just sounds so professional. You just sound like you have a real thing. Mine I feel like is just you have to bleep me out a crap show. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> it sometimes the episode's thirty minutes, sometimes it's an hour fourteen, just because you know, it's seriously, it's sometimes I feel like it's all over the place. And I don't want to belittle it, but uh, I just like to talk about music. So sometimes if, if I get on a rant or if I get on a subject that I'm really passionate about, I can't help it, you know? So I say my format is I like I like top 10 lists. I'm a big top 10 guy. So even mm-hmm. at Sound Vapors, there's a top 10 tab and random. I mean, literally three o'clock in the morning, I'll wake up and say, "Ooh, I should do a top 10 on this. I'm like, oh, I got to pull up my computer and start putting it on, some, you know, either in an email or even put it on the site because I like top 10 lists a lot. So okay. I always try to do that Yeah, every show. I, I would try to do a top 10. So for instance, I had a, I had a uh, meltdown. He's from a radio station here in Detroit, but it's like the, the big hitter radio station. You know, the, it's been the rock station, the number one rock station for since I've been a kid, you know, so it's, it's, it's the one. And so I tried to do, you know, top Detroit sports athletes. So I try to, I do try to put it around the show a little bit. And I think I had, uh, I don't know who I did the drummer list with. It might have been Veronica Bellino. Uh, do you know Veronica? I don't. Um, you know, you should reach out. She is a, I mean, she's a drummer, but she is so talented. But uh, she plays drums. She's played drums with everybody: Jeff Beck, um, uh, DMC, Daryl McDaniels, Carmen uh, wow. a uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, she she plays with every. I mean, she plays with everybody, and I think I did the drum. I might be wrong. here. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think I did the top 10 drummers, my favorite drummers with her just because just talking drums with her was, it was so good. And I was like, yeah, I'll just keep you out 15, 20 minutes. It was like an hour, you know, and either one of us was sick of talking because we just both like talking about drums and music, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the show is kind of that. Um, if I'm really in the the mood or I have time, I will put drops in just to try to, I don't try to be funny. I just, I think some things are funny. Like I like drops from dumb and dumber. I just think when I hear them, I laugh, even if it's in the wrong spot, I just think they're, (laughs) I think they're very funny, you know? So that kind of stuff. Um, and then like I said, you know, the interview, uh, interview, I don't want to be hokey though at all, because I love talking music and, and like your podcast tone. I like talking about tone of guitar. So I was talking to Chad Taylor from live and we, we, it was supposed to be promoting their new EP that just came out. Um, uh, last year. But we wound up talking a half an hour about secret Samadhi, which I think is it's, it's in my top 100 all time, like all time records. It's probably, I don't even, I actually have the list, but I think it's in the sixties somewhere. I think it's that great of an album. And it was, I mean, we must've went, I, I mean, it was like a good 10 real minutes of tone and how he set up and the strings he was using and like the miking and the amp and all this stuff. And I don't know I, I always get good feedback on the shows. People always, if they text me or they send me an email or tweet, I feel like when they get something out of it, it's great. But I was emo- almost like, man, people probably hate this because, you know, it's kind of getting like that technical side, but I loved it. I loved every second of it, you know?
0: Yeah, It's I mean, it's it's nerdy, but there's lots of nerds. People people love yeah. hearing about that kind of stuff, especially when it's somebody they, they're they interested in. You know, it's like, oh, that's how he got that sound. You know, that's and that's the part I find so cool about you know being able to do this show and being able to have some exposure to that it's like it's like oh now we can we can like find out like before when I was a kid and when I and for sure when you were growing up it was like how does he get that sound you literally had no idea like you just had no clue and now we have so much more access to information we at least know like well maybe this isn't exactly what they use but we can get close and then when you can hear it straight from the horse's mouth it's just oh it all kind of just makes sense really it's
1: fun i mean we had to wait for circus magazine to publish an article you know to hear you know what alex Lifeson was doing on that rush album or neil you know neil pert or something like that but Mm -hmm. now it's like you're right with all these things and podcasts i mean you can hear it from these people are really willing to come on a show and talk about not just to promote the album i mean some people do it's and that's okay too i mean that's the form for it i'm more than happy to do it but they're, I'm surprised at the amount of people that want to talk about the specifics, the the drum heads they use, you know, the the gauge strings that they use and all this stuff. And then if we start talking about equipment and then I, on those episodes, I guess I always say, too, is I, I never want to make it about me because I always want it to be about them. So, you know, sometimes I'll tell them, hey, man, we, we have to put that that crap in the show. We're talking about our, you know, the amps and because sometimes they're genuine, too. And they're like, oh, what, what what's your setup? Like, what are you using? That type of thing. Because I think guitar players just like to talk to other guitar players and pick up any. I mean, there's legends that still pick up stuff. Everybody picks up tricks. Oh, you know? every,
0: everybody. It never ends. Never.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's so far as the show goes. You know, it's like I said, sometimes it's 30 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour. It just really it just depends on, on kind of how how it goes, you know, how it flows. But I, I really, really enjoy it. And I hope to keep keep doing it because the listeners they just keep coming in you know it was weird um the I had uh, Wes Scantlin from Puddle Mud on and that was a couple weeks ago and I had questions you know they have the new comeback record which I really liked I really enjoyed it and it was on my radar so when um I talked to his publicist you know she reached out and was like hey can you do something with the album and I was like oh I'd be happy to because I was it was I knew it was coming out I just didn't know when so you know she advanced it and I'm listening to it so when I get Wes on the show, I was kind of like, okay, I don't want to talk too much about like, you know, arrests or drugs or anything like that. Cause I don't right. want to make him uncomfortable. Right. This guy is five minutes in the show and he starts going into it and he's talking about, you know, how down in a hole in the pit, you know, of life he was in and stuff. And, you know, I had a list of questions, but it just really hit me. It was like, man, he wants to talk about this. And I, and I think listeners would get something out of it. And it wound up being one of my favorite interviews because he was so candid and he didn't hide anything. And I think it was really uplifting they hear him sound so lucid, so clear and so motivated to come back and like really just to do the rock star thing again. And I'm, I'm I'm just, I'm pulling for him so much because it'd be great if he sticks around and just keeps putting out good music and shows up to the shows and play, you know, plays just killer rock shows, you know? And, uh, that one wound up being one of my more popular episodes. It's funny when you look at, I'm sure you do too, right? You can see the stats on it and I'm looking at these numbers going up and, his is one of the most downloaded shows. It just kind of got out there. And, uh, it, I just didn't think that going into it, to be honest with you. I was like, Oh yeah. You know, my normal audience will see it. No, man, people, they like it. They dig his story, man. And I dig it too. So.
0: Yeah. Those, when you're doing these podcasts, it's sometimes you think it's going to be one thing. Like, you know, we should probably have talked about your pedal board by now, but we haven't quite done that yet. Uh, Uh, yes. But like, like, I, I had this oh this girl you you've got to check her out if you haven't she's been on the show her name's Emily Wolf and uh oh, she's yeah. she's from
1: Austin I don't know if you've seen her or not but um
0: I've seen her uh,
1: she has YouTube so I've seen her name and I I know I've seen something that she's done so I know her name
0: yeah you should d- do a deep dive onto her latest record I mean guitar tone and playing and singing is all out of control it's so good I'm I'm in just it's so good she's awesome. I'm a big fan and uh, so it was neat to get to talk to her but. You know, we got to, uh, you know, we got to the another section of the show where we're going to wrap it up. And and she started talking about some of her past with her substance abuse issues and things. And it was like, oh, this is taking a turn, like Mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, and so it were all that to say. And I had a similar experience with uh, Robert Keeley from, you know, Keeley Electronics early on uh, discussing some of his, you know, struggles. And it was just like it was kind of a slap in the face. It was like, I thought we were just going to talk about fuzz pedals. Yeah, you know, you, yeah. You never know where where these conversations can go, and so I think that's that's sometimes the most rewarding part of the experience is getting to be open and and hear what these other people have to say and kind of glean from their life experiences. And um, yeah, it's just one of the yep. side benefits of of podcasting, I suppose. It's a it's interesting, yeah, it's very interesting. It's
1: such, a, yeah, and it's a cool form of that that we have this like this kind of. Well, one, that we have this avenue to talk to people, but also for them to come on. I think it's therapeutic for everybody involved. I think it really can be because, you know, I think there was a disconnect. If we look, I, I probably assume we're probably around the same age. So, you know, if you're looking 80s magazines and stuff, I mean, those questions were very, they're very vanilla. You know, they didn't really, dig <laughs> deep. you know, but when you're in a, a podcast situation, I mean, Again, I try to keep everybody comfortable, but sometimes you just want to know. And sometimes they're they're willing to open up with you. And I think this has been a great thing. You know, like anything else in the world, things can become oversaturated. So there are, I don't even know, there's probably a billion podcasts. I have no idea, but there's millions of podcasts out there. And I think 700,000
0: was the number I heard last was, was where we Is we're it 700,000? Yeah.
1: Wow. That's Kinda less crazy. than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: a lot still, right? Still a lot. Still a lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I'm sure there's good ones. There's bad ones like yours. I got turned on to actually it was, uh, I, how did I find you? I don't even know. I, I like tone stuff. So I'm always searching for that kind of stuff. And I was like, this dude gets it, man. You know, <laughs> this, guy, this is really cool. Cause nobody really talks about tone stuff. You know, it's like, when I started interviewing, I didn't want to ask the stupid, Hey, what's your band name mean? You know, sometimes you want to know, but like, I'd get that. Like if I got that question, what's your band name? I'm like, Tommy Mars band. Like,
0: Come on, man. Like, <laughs> like, what do I? What you know, else do you want me to say? You're <laughs> right. Yeah, it's
1: just like you know, like those kind of questions or or whatever. Like, I just I wanted to dig deeper, but I was surprised when I was kind of going out and listening because I like to do research. It's like being a musician; you want to hear other guitar players and stuff. Kind of listening to some, and I was like, whoa, like these questions are like kind of bad, or it's very, um, it just didn't come out very well or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's good. I heard that because I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like that. But then I hear a really good one where I'm like. Oh man, I could never be that good. You know, it's like your speaking voice. You have a great speaking voice. I don't, but I wish I did. But you have a great podcast speaking voice. You know what I mean? It's awesome, and I, I, I want to have that kind of voice. But you know, I mean, it is what it is, right?
0: Well, I really appreciate that. That that means a lot. I also one of the thing other things I have that is really i a, a, I've been told many times is I have a face for it as well. So that works. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that works out in my. No one has to look at <laughs> there me. Go, man. Anyway, there you
1: go. But, you should put uh, that mug on the photo on the, the podcast, like hey, right here. This is the guy you're this talking This is
0: the to. guy, and then be like, Oh, I'm not tuning into that. Look at that guy. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Gotta keep a veil it's of great. mystery. No. Yeah. Um, no, it's I, I mean I'm I'm around. It's it's just I, I don't know. It's it's weird. Uh I've always been weird about like taking selfies and stuff. and I'm like, I don't know. Um, but it still feels weird every time I do it. I'm like, I am I a 14-year-old girl. I'm acting like one right now because I'm taking a picture of myself, but it's yeah, just it, part it, of the culture, I suppose.
1: It is the culture. And I, I, on a personal level, I don't really love it. And so, uh, I mean, I've, I think we talked before and I was saying about that how, you know, it would be like, hey, Tommy, you're not posting enough. You need to post more, you know, banner-related stuff, take some selfies, put the pictures, keep people engaged and all that stuff. And it's just, you know, at the end of the year, you know, you can get a report of how many, whatever that is. So it's like my thing was like, you know, you post one every six days. You know, that's like an average. And now I know it's even less than that because I just I don't know, man. I it's a weird culture, it's a weird thing that we're in right now. And I know I need to do it. And good things happen when I do. That's the thing. If I take a cool selfie or if I'm somewhere or playing guitar and it's good things happen, man. You you hashtag it, people start following you. I mean, it they it it does work. It's just Seems a little weird to always put your yourself out there like that. I guess if I was John Mayer, I guess I would do it as much as he does too. So, well, if, if I look like, like
0: John Mayer, yeah, sure I would. I mean, that makes exactly, sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be on the toilet like, hey, guess what I'm doing? You know, yeah, exactly. And you'd get a million likes,
0: yeah, because I'm John Mayer. Look at me go. Exactly. So, so anyway. we're we're forty six minutes in, and we need to. We need. I'm going to be in trouble. I I actually did a podcast here yesterday with a a, a music therapist, which was really interesting. His name's Chris Millet. And uh, we didn't talk about gear at all because the subject matter was so fascinating. So I'm going to have to let's let's sidestep before my entire audience leaves. And let's talk about let's talk about your rig. What do you what are you playing out with these days?
1: OK, so the the head I use mostly for me that the tone of the tone is is studio. I use it for the studio. I have a 1972 Marshall JMP. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, it's it's the tone is great. Um. I think one disadvantage of it. I don't like to use the um, what is that at- attenuator, whatever that. Uh, thing oh, the is.
0: attenuator. Yeah,
1: Yeah, attenuator. I can never say that right. Um, I don't like that because I don't want to be. I don't want to beat it up. I don't want it to work that hard. So I don't want to use it in a live setting because it it has everything is, is is original. So George Metropolis is like the guru guy. Yes, and he's been yes, yeah. Oh, you you would know him. Yeah, of course. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's been through it, and it's 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 you know got A plus health. But it has a lot of the original stuff that, you know, there's like lead and stuff Stuff they're not really making that you really can't get anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take a chance of popping any of that stuff. So for me, I use it for studio so I can turn the knobs you know, 10, you know, 10 plus, And I want it to burn and get that natural killer Jimi Hendrix kind of tone. I don't want to really use an effects pedal to get that that distortion. I want it to be from from the head. And you know, you've been to live shows. If I turn thing up to 10 and I play at a 3000 seat vent, everybody's going to be deaf. They will, they will not be able to hear for the next couple of days. If I turn this thing up to 10, like seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I turn it up to two and a half at a live setting, it, I, the sound guy's like, Hey, can you turn it down? I mean, it's really loud. So, so in a, in a studio setting, that's what I use for when I really want that, that dirty tone. Um, I would say gigging out, I'm probably using the most honestly is, a. Oh, you know what? I got the fender deluxe and it's, it's a 93. So it's actually not the reissue. It's actually one of the the ones they came out with. And I like the tone of that. And it's nice because that's another thing too. You can turn it to like four and it really starts to beef up and the tubes get nice and hot and you don't get the sound guy, you know, running up behind you trying to turn it down. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: um, you know, so that's pretty nice to play out with. Um, I think if I was, I was like on a big tour. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing amphitheater or something like that, you can, well no i'd like to have i'd like to have the marshall up there because it's just cool when that's behind you it's like almost like a confidence boost you know like oh you yes this again. yeah it's just you know it doesn't hide mistakes but it's just it's just it's a tone is awesome on it so but i'll say that fender deluxe and then there's this uh i have this orange you know what it is it's that you ever see those tiny terrors and yes it's like yeah it's like 15 watts or seven watts dude i'll put it on the seven and you can put it to 10 and like just turn the the there's like a gain knob. Just turn it up like to a quarter dude you really get some sick sick tone but i notice when it's not turned all the way up and doesn't get really hot it doesn't sound it's a little shrilly but if you let it like really get hot it you can get some good tone out of it so that's a nice little thing to use too and then the cab on that i like the um oh my gosh i feel so bad uh what's the speaker company they were putting their uh
0: celestion or yeah
1: but it was, they, they made their own cabinets and they put those selections in there, you know, the, the greenbacks and stuff. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Anyway. Oh, um, no, was it Avatar?
0: Oh, Avatar? Uh, Avatar is one of the bigger, yeah, they, they make a lot of cabs. Avatar okay,
1: does. He was Avatar, yeah, so, I, you know, you get one of those, and, and with those, it, again, if you like those, you, well, some people like the El Nicos, some like you like the, the greenbacks, you know, get some really good speakers in there, because to me, that's that's a big part of it, because if you have those like if you, like if you buy a Marshall stack, the rig with the black face on there, you get those 75 watt, you know, I, I don't even know if they are Jensen's maybe. And they're, they don't sound very good. And I don't want to rip on any company in particular, but I replace those right away. And just, just that it, it it's to me is night and day. I mean, do you feel like the same with the experience? Why speakers are, is, is a important part of that?
0: Oh, speakers are so, yeah. Speakers are so underrated in, in the, the tonal chase. I feel like. Lots of people, myself included, kind of ignore the speaker, but you know we we need to be honest with ourselves. Like in a traditional guita- electric guitar rig, the speaker is the thing that actually making the physical sound. It's taking all of those electronic impulses and translating them into mechanical movement to re- you know to make the sound. So arguably, the speaker is one of the most important parts of the signal chain because it's actually making the sound. Um, yeah, and and I I you know I haven't done a ton of experimenting with it you know i usually if like if i get a cab that sounds good i'm like cool but if i get one that sounds bad i don't i i'm not gonna buy it <laughs> so yeah. i'm not gonna yeah. change the speakers in it um but that said i i do have this old uh 1961 fender champ that was my grandpa's and Ooh. it sounds really good but it, you know how those things are they can be yeah. a little bit farty and a little bit weird uh yeah i, I love it though yeah yeah well yeah, And there's a there's something, though, that I always rub me the wrong way on certain certain things. But I put in a, a an Alnico uh, WGS G8A into there and it took mm-hmm. it's it still sounds like a champ, but it took all of the things that I didn't really like about it and toned them down a little bit. And the things I did like about it, it seemed to accentuate. So it uh, it was a really nice upgrade. And I still have the original speaker and it's a plug and play this in those amps it's a plug and play deal. So it's. Not yeah. a big, you know, you're not hurting the value or anything.
1: Yeah. But yes, easy. speakers yeah, are broken. important.
0: Very important. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can get speakers broken in. Um, I would say, too, if you're not like gigging out or going on tour, I, I wouldn't get them broken in personally. I'd like to break them in myself. But if you're like, hey, we're recording in two weeks and, you know, really time to really, you know, mash on them, you can get these from, and I like, now you say, yeah, I think it is Avatar. You can get them where they're already kind of, you know, broken in a little bit. And it, to me, it, it makes a difference. I didn't think it did. But to me, it makes a difference when the speakers are right, you know, and because it's just it's one thing having the right speaker, but it's also having it where it's been. It has, you know, some play on it Cause, because, you know, it, they can be a little stiff, you know, out of the box.
0: Yeah, like literally stiff, like it. Yeah, it, it will feel stiff because the speaker itself isn't is still not that flexible yet. Like actually mechanically, yeah. we, we, we use those terms a lot and, and they don't actually mean anything. You know, but uh, like, oh, this guitar feels like st- or the response on this amp feels stiff, and that, and while that makes sense to us as players electronically, it doesn't mean anything. In this right. case, it actually is literally stiff.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would say, so as far as like amps go, that would be that's where I'm at on that. Um, you know, uh, guitar wise, I'm. I was always like a Les Paul guy. I, I liked you know Les Pauls. I liked the the way they felt, but something happened. I don't know. I, one time I, you know what it was, a guy had an American uh, strat that he was selling and needed the money or whatever. And so I was like, yeah, you know, get it off of you. Something changed to me. And I was like, Whoa, 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 the sweet spot on this thing through, you know, like a Marshall or a plexi or something. Oh my goodness. Like when you do that, (laughs) you know, when you do that, something changes in the way you play the way you want it, the way you want to hear it. So I kind of became a fender guy. So I got, you know, got a couple American Strat, you know, got a telly and then, um, you know, it's weird actually, uh, before that I bought this, do you know what Schecter guitars? Have you, have you played one?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. I, I have one that's like a, one of their kind of up plus plus models, whatever. And, uh, when I bought it, I was like so excited. It was, it's, it's actually kind of light too. Cause th- those strats can kind of, well, oh especially my telly. If I, I, I don't think I can play a whole damn show with a telly. It's so heavy. My shoulders actually ache. You know what I mean? Cause I like to jump and I got to prepare, man. When I'm jumping with a telly, I got to think, okay, what, what guitar do I have on right now? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, I don't know how Prince did it jumping off the piano anyway. So this, this Schechter, I, I got it and I was like so excited. And then I got these fenders and I was, it, it just never sounded never again. Did it sound great? So I actually replaced the picks. I put like these, I think they're 57 Gibson pick. I think that's what I put in there and it, it did beef it up some. So now that's my guitar that I put nines on because I like to use tens. I like, I just, they're a little thicker. I feel like the tone, it's not a huge audible thing, but they're a little thicker. And, um, but if I'm trying to do Steve Vai stuff or, you know, if I want to play like rust in peace, Megadeth, I'm going to pick up that checker cause I got nines on it and I can bend that sucker fretboard, the, the front to back. You know what I mean? You can bend mm-hmm. them all the way. and Yeah, it's awesome. So now I use that for that when I want to burn, that's a guitar I use. But when I want it like good tone or, you know, just kind of have more of a personality on a guitar then I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the Schechter, but I don't mean it in a bad way. It, it serves its purpose, but it just has more of that, that tone, rust in peace, you know, countdown to extinction tone than some of the stuff that I, I would prefer it sound like.
0: Right, right, right. So, yeah.
1: You, and play then, with, you know,
0: Do you play with many pedals or are you not really a pedal guy? I know you talk, you like you get your dirt from the amp, but you like to use other things.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Pedal board wise, I have, you know, I have the cry baby. Got to have the wah. Um, yeah. The wah is a dangerous thing. Cause that can like, I feel like it can become like a crutch. So I went through a period. I felt like all my solos, I was going through the wah and I felt like, I don't know. Now I'm not using it at home. Maybe 10% of the show, but it got to a point. I was using like 90% of the show because it is a little easier to fake through things. And if you played a couple shows close to each other, or whatever and you're just like kind of finger fatigue, it, it's easier with the wah, and it sounds kind of weenie, but, you know, I can make it, I can just, I can hang on a string, and I can let the wah do the work, you know what I mean? I'm not really working that hard, and I know it yeah. sounds so bad, but it's just true, you know, it's one of those things, um, but then I feel like I was starting to get away from like really playing the instrument correctly, so, so but that's actually, so that's in my chain, of course, you know, you have your, your tuner, I like the boss tuner, I was, I'm just used to it. Um, effects wise, I still have the Carl Martin, I have the Plexitone, Mm-hmm. I don't use it as much as I used to, but I have it in my chain there. I like the tone. Uh, there is a nice boost though on that one. So if you're going to solo, that it's it is a really nice boost. Um, I have the full tone, the fat boost. That thing actually, I don't even put the gain that far up. I just like it on. To me, it just makes a little everything a little wider. I, I like mm-hmm. the way it sounds. Um, I have a Pog. It's a Pog two. You know, I, I like the the weirdness of it. I like that, you know, you can almost make a sitar sound or an organ. You know, if you're really trying to be chill or do something kind of vibey, I, I, I think it can be really cool. Um, oh, and then my baby, my electric mistress. That's uh, electroharmonics.
0: Oh, yeah. That is my Those are great.
1: favorite pedal. Oh, man. Because Andy Summers, you know, that whole police thing. Dude, that is my... I'm that's not sound, pass, but that is, yeah. <laughs> that's it. I love it, man. I love that pedal. If, if anything happened to it, I'd be so crushed because I found an analog one and I found it, I think it was eBay and you know, the, it, things can happen, you know, and I'm just like, I always knock on wood every time I use it. Like, please don't be the day that this thing stops working because it's awesome. You know what I mean? Cause the new ones, the digital ones, they have a little bit of, um, I don't know, they have this. I don't even know what to know. It's not static, but it's there's a little bit of a something that comes along. At, I don't even know what it is, but anyway,s there's a guy. I should have had this ready for you. There's I could have told you his name. Um, actually, you know what? I can. I'll email you the guy's name. But he specifically, he worked for Harmonix way back in the day. He knows how to mod these things so they don't do that. And um, yeah, I mean, he will do that. You got to send him the pedal. I mean, there's a turnaround time or whatever. But yeah, it's like those um, MXRs, those Phase Nineties. Remember those those orange pedals? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you, you kind of got to get that thing modded if you don't want that thing having that weird, it's almost like that. There's a weird sound that those things came with out of the box. And to me, like I'm on the internet, you can find how to mod it, but I didn't really want to snip any wires. So I sent it to a guy I knew, Hey, can you mod this thing? So it stops that stupid noise that it's doing. And I got it back (laughs) and it's completely fine. It's clean, you know, but nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, I think it's all using, but then, you know, I have a box of of pedals, like literally over the years, I'm sure you do too. You know, you got. I'm sure everybody had the metal zone at one point. Um, well, yeah, classic. Yeah, you got to have that. Yeah, um what is it, the uh, the Ibanez? What is it, the TS eight, um TS nine? Mm-hmm. Both of those. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I you know a bunch of them. They they come in and out. You know how it is. Like sometimes I'll fall in love for a while and then I'll fall out of love and then. I'll put it back in the chain and say, oh, man, how come I haven't been using this? I like the sound of right. it. And then yeah, then <laughs> yes. the whole record has it on it, you know, and then hopefully three years later, you're like, oh, why did I use that pedal on the, you know, on it and R- stuff? But
0: right. Yeah. Why did I put phaser on everything? That, uh, phaser right. on the drums? What was I thinking? What exactly. am I doing?
1: Do I really need a flange on the bass guitar right now? You know what I mean?
0: Like, <laughs> like, but maybe geez. you do. Maybe you do. Yeah, right. Well, you know, we're getting uh, we're getting uh, we've been been talking for an hour and it? it's flown by. It's been great. Wow. Uh, but I better get into my my last two questions for the podcast and we we will uh, we'll get you down the road because okay. you know, I know you've got things to do. So um, the first one and we, you, you may have already answered this, but what is your favorite boss pedal?
1: Oh, my favorite boss pedal uh, besides the tuner because the tuner is rock solid. Oh, my gosh. It really is. Cause I actually have, have had other tuners and they're just, I, I I don't like them. I just like that one. But uh, as far as awesome, you know what I like, they make a really good, I have it is a, an acoustic guitar simulator. It's a, a yellowish kind of a darker yellowish um, color pedal. Uh-huh. Uh That is a real good one. So if you don't want to have like go, use a DI and get the acoustic out and stuff, this is a really good thing to turn on. If you dial it in correctly, it will sound, it will sound like an acoustic guitar. So I think that might be my favorite boss pedal because of yeah, just the way it sounds. Yeah, it sounds genuine to me. Um, it took a while, though. Like, it probably took, I don't know the days, but it took it took a little while for me to figure it out. Because at first I was like, I hate it. You know, I took it out. But then, like, my buddy went to, like, uh, I think he went to a Rush show and Alex was using that. And so, you know, he's using it. You know, I'm doing something wrong. So then I kind of re-put it back in there. I was like, oh, okay. So I just messed with it for a while. And so I, I think that's it. The, the boss Acoustic.
0: All right, cool, cool. All right, and this is the big question. This is the the one that everybody waits the whole episode for. Oh boy, what kind of pizza do you like?
1: Okay, wow, well, that, that's a very good question. Okay, so you're talking to a guy now that has I've developed I've developed an, an allergy to beef. Okay, I, first, let me just disclose here: my whole life, hot dogs, hamburgers, steaks. Filet mignon. I mean, favorite. If I had to pick one favorite food, it's it's a fat burger, right? Mm-hmm. If something happened. Yeah, we. I still haven't figured it out yet, but uh, I can't eat beef. I like kind of my my joints get really sore, and I just I don't feel great. So oh, no, yeah. So with That's terrible? Pizza, it's terrible. It's like the worst thing in the world for somebody that loves hamburgers, right? I don't yes, care it if it's yeah, or like a fat burger place. If I'm in a different city, I want to go. I want to try out the burger, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like really upset about it, but. But you adapt, right? So anyway, uh, so my pizzas now, I can't get them cut because if the guy cuts through a a sausage, a pepperoni, and then cuts my pizza, I'm going to feel sick. So I actually have to get a pizza now with just, I get green peppers and onions. Reason why I'm telling you all this, because I don't want people to think, this guy does not know how to eat pizza. No, I know how to (laughs) eat pizza, man. I can't do it. And I want to. So it's pepperoni and green peppers. No, no. I mean, it's green peppers and onions, but no pepperoni. That's, I can only have it that way. And uncut. I got to cut the stupid thing myself.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. That's, that's, that's interesting. Even the oils from another pizza. That's, yeah, man. Yeah. That's rough. It, that's, that'd be just, hard to avoid. You know, I couldn't almost have anybody cook anything for you. Is that, is that accurate?
1: Yes. So going out to a restaurant has been difficult. um I like, if I go to like a Mexican restaurant, I'm like getting, you know, bean burritos and stuff. For me, it was always getting deep fried tacos, man. I'd destroy a whole plate of those. You know, I can't. I can't do them. I can't do it anymore. So, if I'm out to eat, if they cook, they're like, hey, have a veggie burger. And I'm not a vegetarian. I, I you know, I like, I can still eat bacon, which is weird. I can still eat pork, which just mm-hmm. which haven't figured this out. But I don't like pork as much as I like beef, right? So, they're like, hey, we got this great veggie burger. The problem is it's cooked on the same place the hamburger was. I'm going to get sick. So, I can't, eat, I can't do that. You know, I got to right. stick to safe stuff. But oh, well, you know, I'm well,
0: yeah, you can't doing, have right? an effect in the joints. You're- You got to be able to play,
1: (laughs) you know? No, that's true. Because actually one day I I must have had something that got dipped in. Something happened and I was actually recording the next day. So that morning I woke up and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I was doing guitar stuff. I made it through it, but it was really painful. Like the next couple of days, my fingers were really hurting. So I was like, yeah, that was stupid. I should have just had a salad. Like I said, the top of your show salad. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm eating so much darn salad is because it's just safe. I wash it. I put cucumbers and tomatoes and. The kid is right. It's all good.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you know you're going to feel fine when you get done with the salad, which is,
1: yeah, that's important. You got to feel good. Yeah, man. What about you, man? What's your favorite pizza?
0: Oh, man. Yeah, I get, I get that thrown back at me once in a while. It, it, You know, I love a really good New York style slice. I really, really get a lot of enjoyment out of that. I was skeptical for a really long time about it. You know, I was like, I would see pictures of it. And I'm like, it looks like pizza. Like, I don't understand what's so special yeah. about it. Then I got there, I tried a couple of them, and I was instantly like, oh, I understand now. I understand. So, yeah, I really <laughs> like New York style pizza in New York if I can at all make that happen. But I also like wood fired, you know, Italian style joints and things like that. So,
1: it's funny I, you say because like a New lot York is the best. No, no, it's, I think the Chicago style is like completely overrated because it's like too much dough. And I'm Midwest, so you got to love, you know, Chicago pizza. I don't like it. I like New York style and it's funny you say being New York cause I'm actually going to New York here in a couple of days, some music stuff and yeah, you know what, we were just talking about that. It's like, Tommy, you got to get New York pizza when you're there. I'm like, I do have to get pizza except they can't cut it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I right. don't look like I'm an idiot, but yes, absolutely. So this, like this time on Sunday, your boy here, he's going to be eating New York style pizza, but veggie
0: nice 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 i mean that see really though you know it's like for me the new york style slice it's like i'm sometimes happiest with just a cheese slice you know and that sounds weird from a guy who likes meat like i love meat but man a cheese slice done right
1: oh yeah man
0: it gets all gets me in the in the spot but well we should probably wrap this thing up we've been uh, at it for a while why don't you tell everybody where they can find you
1: on the interwebs okay um You know, Twitter, actually all the handles are Tommy Mars band. So T O M M Y M A R Z B A N D. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram that way. The website that way. Um, yeah, I think that's it, man. That's, that's the best. And really, honestly, I say this on, on my podcast is, it really is the best place to get me is tweet at me on Twitter because sometimes with the DMS and I'm sure you have this too. If sometimes they get a little crowded and I don't see everything and, Um, sometimes I go through a delete thing where I'm just like, ah, my gosh, there's, you know, 300 messages. I'm just, you know, that sounds really bad of me. Doesn't it? I I (laughs) I feel like a jerk. Okay. Just (laughs) at me. If you just at me, it's the easiest place, honestly. And I will respond. Even if you're a jerk, I'm going to respond because I'll respond with a nice hello.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. So you can find him on Twitter. I'm never on there. So find me on Instagram. (laughs) Awesome.
1: (laughs) Cool, man. Cool.
0: All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Tommy. This was great.
1: Thank you, man. All right, it's been a pleasure, and and thanks again, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking in the future sometime soon.
0: Of course, of course. For Tommy, this is Blake, and as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, we did it. We did it. Make sure you go check out Tommy on the various socials, and of course, check out his show, Sound Vapors. pretty easy to find. Do a little searching, Tommy Mars sound vapors into whatever search tool you're using will bring it up i checked it okay i didn't check all of them i just checked google but google that's what everybody uses anyway so uh last thing for this podcast is hey apparently a lot of you listen to this because i had about 25 or 30 people try to claim the pizza and i can't even imagine how many of you there would have been who decided not to you know not to try because it had already been like three days or whatever. But yeah, first couple days, there was a lot of emails flying around there and some messages and stuff. But yeah, free pizza apparently brings everybody together. But I was able to get a few folks pizza for listening to their podcast. So make sure you listen to this thing to the end. You never know what kind of little sneaky sneakeroo I might put in there. All right, folks. I will talk to you next time. And all that jazz. Later.